Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Hey, we're in a series today called Money Myths and Magic. Money Myths and magic. And if you didn't get a donut, uh, get one afterwards. Take a box home with you because they're going to get thrown away. So please, you're doing us a favor. Um, Take something with you. But um, through this, we've talked about different myths that we believe about money, and we hope magic will fix us, right, and fix the way that we function with our money. But that's just not a good strategy for us to live our life with. And um, this whole series has been talking about money. So if this is your first time here, I'm glad you're here because I like talking about money. And I know that's weird, but it's something that all of us deal with every day. Every day you have to function with money. Your, Your world is involved, money is involved in your world every day. And so we need to make sure we have a correct biblical view when it comes to our finances. So if you've missed any of these series, any of the series we're just in week three, man, I would encourage you, go back, go back and listen because we're building on each week, but you're not going to be lost today. So today I want to talk to you, the title of my message is Monopoly Magic, Monopoly Magic. How many of you guys, this is my old one from the 80s, right? Remember playing this game? Yeah, like some of you like, remember, I just played that last night, right? So um, if you've never played this game, it takes hours upon hours upon hours, right? And um, we played this game with our, our kids some um, when they were younger. And I got to be honest, men, there's something we have, our, we have a duty to do as dads, as fathers, and that is to show no mercy when it comes to Monopoly. Amen. Your dojo, there is no mercy in this dojo. No sensei, right? Like there's defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it, right? I mean, come on, Cobra Kai me here for just a second. And and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Like when we played, and my daughters were younger, and we haven't played this in a while. So, But when they were younger, dude, I destroyed them. And I have made no apologies about it. And if it meant cheating, I'd cheat. I don't care, right? Like that's if you're not cheating, you're not trying in Monopoly. I'm just saying. So. And, and like the, the whole goal of Monopoly is this. I, I want you to think about what the, what the true goal of Monopoly is. Monopoly's goal, is it to give all your money away? No. It's to buy these things, right? I got a good one right here, right? Pennsylvania. Oh, I got another. Oh, I got, I'm in the money. It's going to be a good Sunday. I got Boardwalk, Park Place, and Pennsylvania Avenue right on top. <laughs> Hallelujah, Right? It's to buy these things as much and as fast and as often as you can, and then once you buy those and you get all the same color, you start putting these bad boys on, right? Game changer. Even if you got Mediterranean and Baltic Avenue, the first two, you put some hotels on those bad boys, and they are powerful, powerful things. But, but here's the deal. I mean, I remember playing this, and our daughters would be like, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have any money. I'm like, well, then give me your properties. Right? I was like, sorry, like, you're going to learn a hard lesson right now. I'm the guy that would do business deals under the table. Okay, I will give, I will give you $1,500 for St. Thomas. All you got to do is give me your property. 
And their mother's yelling, Casey's like, don't do it, don't do it, Chloe. I'm like, Chloe, this is a great deal, right? <laughs> and like, like and, they, and they were young, they would never, ever, they would kill me in this game probably now. No one will ever know. Um, but that this was the game. And I, as I started thinking about this, and we started, you know, kind of talking about this, this is really a game that teaches us to be greedy, Let's just call it the way it is. I mean, I mean, even the pieces, right? You got a fancy car. You got, you got a fancy boot, like the boots of the ladies, right? Never can have too many boots, right? You got a fancy ironing board and iron. Like, you got a designer dog. I mean, all of it, all of it points to, like, having all this stuff, right? And, and if you really kind of take a step back, Monopoly Magic is really a lesson in Greed, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about greed. And when I say the word greed, most of us do this. I'm not greedy. I don't struggle with greed. And the reality is most of us that are in this country, in this culture, and in this society, probably you have, you are, or you will struggle with greed. And the reason we say we don't, because we really don't know what greed looks like. Because when we get a closer look of greed, you kind of understand what it looks like. And, and, and some of us, we just haven't got an up-close look at greed, so we can't really identify it. It reminds me of something that happened when I was in high school. Um, when I was in high school, I used to mow yards for a job, and uh, me and grass don't get along. Um, so the normal grass and this grass, too, like never touched it, never will. Um, so Justin and grass don't do, don't do drugs, kids. And so um, here's the deal. <laughs> here's a, this is a fun day. Um, Drugs and Monopoly. What did your pastor talk about? Uh, marijuana and Monopoly. So um, after I got done mowing, um, we were, me and my buddy, Corey, picked me up, best friend. He picked me up. I took my contacts out. Couldn't wear my contacts because, man, my allergies were going crazy. I wouldn't wear my glasses because I looked stupid in glasses. Um, and so I was just like, somebody said, hey, man, shut up. Um, so... Um, <laughs> And so um, we go to this party. I, I'm blind without my contacts. Like, I, still to this day, I can't see anything without my contacts. And we go to this party, and some of you are like, oh, talking about partying. It was a bunch of church kids, okay? Like, we were there. I think it was actually at our pastor's home. And we're, we're, we're there. We're all there on a Friday night just being dumb and having a great time. And I can't see anything. Remember this. And in walks this girl I'd never seen before. I'm like, who's that, Corey? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to get to know her. And so I go get to know her, and I'm like, hey, I, I found out she had a cousin that we knew. And I was like, okay. I went back, game playing with my buddy, Corey. I'm like, Corey, you're going to be my wingman, Goose, right? Like, you are going to be my wingman. Um, and so you're going to go out with her cousin, and I'm going to go out with this girl, right? And he's like, okay, sounds good, because we knew the cousin. So fast forward, Friday night, next Friday night, we all go on a double date. We meet up at the restaurant called... Benegans. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Potato skins, Monte Cristo, and death by chocolate. Just changed your life this morning. So um, we, we go to Benegans, and we're waiting in the lobby for our dates to come, and the one girl that we know gets out, I'm not using names on purpose, um, the one girl that we know gets out of the car, and then her cousin gets out. That's my date. I'm like, who's that? And Corey starts laughing. He's like, bro, that's your date. And I'm like, that's not my date. That's, that's not. Nope. 
it's not it. And he starts just laughing. I'm like, what, ha what happened in a week? Like, why, what happened? I thought she was a brunette, and she, wasn't a, she didn't have brown hair. Like, she had a frosted perm, like, from the 80s. Like, it's like an 80s mom from a Baptist church got out of the car, and that's who I was on a date with. I was like, what is happening right now? Flowers, dress all the way down to here. I mean, I was like, what is happening here? And I'm like, she walked in like, good to see you, Cindy. She goes, it's Kara, right? I'm like, okay, great. I don't even know her name. Nothing I look like. And I was just like, I knew, I knew at that point, like the moment she stepped out, I'm like, we're going to be good friends and that's it, right? Like we're going to be good friends. Here's the deal, right? It looked good <laughs> until I got a better look at it. Some of you, you know this. You woke up with her, and she ain't got no makeup on, and there's no eyelash extensions, and the extensions here came on. You're like, what? Who are you? Like, men are just always ugly, right? You know. What well, looked one <laughs> Best intro of any sermon on money ever. What well, looked one way looks completely different when you get a closer look to it. Can I tell you, it's the same thing with greed. It is. We think it's one way, but really it looks another. And Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He said, then he said, Jesus said, beware. Jesus is starting it off, beware, exclamation point. Watch out. Be careful, right? Like, ah, pay attention. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. And here's what I want us to understand. Here's what Jesus is telling us. Watch out, look out, and be careful when it comes to greed. Watch out, look out, and be careful when it comes to greed. Well, I don't need to be careful. I'm not a greedy person. No, no, Jesus is saying this, especially to our culture today. Watch out, look out, be careful, right? It's kind of like when your kid's carrying something that's filled to the brim, and you're like, careful, 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 right? Because you know the reality is that there's an easy tendency for it to spill, right? Careful, careful. Jesus is saying the same thing to us when it comes to greed. Careful, watch out, be careful. Man, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. So, so, so if we're going to watch out for greed, we got to get a closer look at greed we got to really understand what greed is. And so, what is greed? I love to Andy Stanley's definition of this. He says this, greed is the assumption that it's all for my consumption. Greed is the assumption that it's all for my consumption. By the way, this is a great message for you to take notes on because we got a lot to cover, right? Here it is. It's all mine. When, when you've got kids, especially if you've only got one kid or they're the oldest kid, there's a tendency when they're young when they get toys and they start playing with other kids, mine, right? And you break that bad boy quick. You're like, no, this ain't yours. This is mine, sucker, right? I bought these toys. I bought this hat. This ain't your room, teenage. It's my room that I'm letting you live in for free of rent, right? Like, it's not yours. It's, it's, we're, we're big adults still acting like kids. It's all mine, right? And, and greed says this, it's all, it's the assumption that it's all for my consumption. It's mine. And, and hear me, how you view it determines how you're going to use it. How you view money determines how you use money. And if you think it's yours, man, that's mistake number one. Because the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. Your ability to work, your ability to hold a job. Man, the health that you have. 
the, the smarts that you have, the finances that he's blessed you with, it's not yours, it's his, right? So our, our life, coming back to this, life's not supposed to look like this. It's not about getting, 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 but Jesus would say this, beware, watch, watch out against every kind of greed. It's not all the assumption that it's all for your consumption, right? It's not all just for you. Second thing is this. Well, what types of greed are there? Let's throw this out real quick. The first one I would say is hoarding. Hoarding, right? Ladies, think shoes and purses. Oof. <laughs> Amen, right? Men, think hunting gear and golf clubs, right? And car parts, trying to dive into a little bit more, like hoarding. And here's what I would say. Some of us, I had questions say, well, Justin, should I not ever have a savings account? Should I not invest in retirement? No, absolutely you should. That's a much wiser way for you to live. It's about being wise and balanced, right? We've got to have balanced lives when it comes to our finances, but a lot of us, we're unbalanced. And when you get unbalanced in one part of your life, most of the time you get unbalanced in all parts of your life. And if we can bring balance to our life when it comes to our, our the stuff... And the money he's blessed us with, we, 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 man, we live this life out in a way better way. So one type of greed is hoarding. Another one we talked about this last week is comparison. The third one is entitlement. Can I tell you, I hate entitlement. You aren't owed one thing. You aren't, well, Justin, I work really hard, so I should get, no, you shouldn't. You should work hard because you're paid to work hard. Not because, you should get a bonus or a raise because you're working hard. That's why you got a job. Work hard. Do the work that your employee or your employer has paid you to do, right? Like, let's be the best workers there are. Well, I'm at a certain age, so I should experience this. No, you shouldn't. That's not in the Bible anywhere. Right? Entitlement will make you dysfunctional and get you greedy faster than anything else. Entitlement, number, the last one is this, overspending. When you spend more than you make to get in debt, the greed, right, the greed takes over. And all of a sudden, you become a slave to your debt. Bible says this, that the slave, that the borrower is slave to the lender, right? All you Dave Ramsey people are geeking out right now because I used his, his, his scripture, right? But it's true, you got yourself in a place you didn't need to be because you started chasing after things you shouldn't have chased after in the first place. You got greedy because you want to live like everybody else. Beware against every kind of greed because here's why. It has an effect. It has an effect on your life. And here's the effect greed has on you. First thing is this, is greed steals life. Greed steals life, meaning that it robs you of your purpose, what your life is supposed to be about, and you start running and chasing after things that don't matter. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 17 through 19. If a bird sees a trap being set, it knows to stay away. But these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. Check it out. It robs them of Life And Jesus says this, careful, watch out, beware against every kind of greed. Why? Because it robs you of life. Not other people, not other situations. Greed robs you of life. Second thing is this, is that greed is destructive. Proverbs 28, verses 22 and 25. Greedy people try to get rich quick, but don't realize they're headed for poverty. 
Greed causes fighting, but trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. Can I tell you, greed always leads to destruction because you'll do what you shouldn't do to get more of what you don't really need. You will do what you shouldn't do to get more of what you really don't need. Greed, according to the scripture, causes poverty and fighting. The third thing, the third effect, greed is never satisfied. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10 says this, those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth will bring true happiness. Greed's never satisfied. You never have enough zeros in your bank account. You never have a nice enough car. You never have a nice enough house. You never go on good enough vacations. And you never make enough, right? Some of us were just like, well, if I can just get this one business going, if I can just get this one thing kicking, man, I'm going to be able to provide for my family. I'm going to be able to provide for them. And hear me, I'm not, I don't, man, go make a living. Go make an earning. Go be smart. Go try things. Go be an entrepreneur, right? That's great. But when your life is consumed with trying to make more because then you'll be more, you're chasing something you'll never catch. You'll never catch it because those who love money never have Enough. Number four, greed doesn't love. Instead, it doesn't care. It doesn't love. It's not concerned about others. It doesn't care about others, right? First Corinthians chapter 13, the love message, out of the message, right? Message translation, if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Here it comes. Love cares for more for others than for self. Greed cares more for self than it does others, right? Love doesn't want what it doesn't have, but greed does. Love doesn't strut, but greed struts really good like Conor McGregor, right? Like it struts. Doesn't have a swelled head, but greed does. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first, but greed is always the opposite of love, and it's always concerned for self more than others. And some of us would say, well, I'm doing this, all this preoccupation and all this, like, leading my life the way I am is for my family. I'm glad you said that because greed ruins families. Proverbs 15, verse 27, greed brings grief to the whole family. Can I tell you why? Because what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to do is pulling you away from the people you're trying to do it for the most. And your family and your kids, dads, hear me. Your kids don't need you to work harder. They need you to be at home more. Right? They need your influence more. They need your money less. They need your memories, your presence making memories. Because here's the truth. If we're going to be the fathers we need to be, you must be present to win, man. you got to be present to win. And greed pulls you away from your family. And Jesus says this, life is not measured by how much you own. Meaning this, the whole point of what life is about doesn't look like this. Life's not measured by this and by the cars and by the fancy ironing boards, right? Life's not measured by what you own. Greed never leads to life, but always leads to destruction and stuff. And the obsession of having more will never leave you to life. So the question is this, what does? Right, because it's not just a matter of identifying, because I think every 100% of us here and watching at home online would agree, greed's not a good thing. But how do we get past greed? Here's what the Bible says, Acts 20, verse 35. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. 
If you're going to get greed away, you got to give greed out of your life. Literally, the antidote, the solution to greed is generosity. So, so let me leave you with this, right? It's going to be our last point, but we, we got a lot to travel and to do here. You got to give it away to keep greed away. You got to give it. And when I say it, I'm talking about money. Oh. You got to give it away to keep greed away. Proverbs 21, 26, some people are always greedy for more. But, everybody say but. I love big butts and I cannot lie, right? Like, but. The godly. Water break. I'm glad it's Father's Day. Um. Some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. This means this. You're different. That's why I say this all the time. Godly followers of Christ should be the most generous people there are because this is true. Right? Godly people, when we be, let's go back. Let's go back to last week. Contentment with godliness is itself great gain. Godliness is becoming more like him and less like me. But the godly love to give, right? And if this is going to be true, if this is the, 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 the solution to us, then we're called to be generous. But here's what I have discovered and I have found. If you're not, if there's not gratitude in your life, there won't be generosity through your life. Right? If you, if you don't come to a place where you are thankful and you are a person of gratitude, you're like, man, God, thank you for all that you've done, that, that you are, you have, gratitude is a part of your life. Generosity will never be a part of your life because I've never seen a person be generous who didn't have gratitude in their life. Man, generosity is content, contingent that you have gratitude attached and a part of your life because it's really hard to be generous when you're not thankful. And you're not appreciative. So how do we come to a place where we are generous on the regular and not just at the end of the year for tax deductions, right? Not just at Christmas time. How, how do we become generous on the regular and keep greed and let monopoly magic influence our life? Two things. Give it away first and fast. Give it. We're talking about money again. Oh, okay. Give it away first and fast. Can I tell you the longer... You hold this, the harder it is to give. It is. The more I start thinking about what I can do with it. All right? Come on. Some of us think, well, when I get to a certain place where I make this certain amount, then I will start giving money. No, you won't. Because can I tell you, if you're not willing to give 50, it's going to be really hard to give 5,000. Because you can do all, I mean, you can get a half a tank of gas for 50, but you, you can fill a whole tank up with 5,000 finally, right? Like, you're like, wow, I've got a little bit left over, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. So what's the solution? Don't, don't hold it. Don't think about it. And Jesus said this in the same exact chapter where he says, beware, watch against every kind of greed. Life is not in the, the possession of stuff. Like, life's not measured by the possession of things. He says this, Luke 12, 31, same chapter, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he will give you everything you need. He's talking about money. Right? Matthew 6, 33, Jesus is talking about 
money, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And when Jesus is talking about this, he's talking about people who are worried about what they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, and what they're going to sleep. Most of us, we're not too worried about that. We know where we're going to sleep. We know what we're going to wear. Most of us, we're trying to pick out what we're going to wear. I had to wear that. I wore that a year ago. I can't wear that again, right? Like, like come on, think about this. Seek first the kingdom of God. Give it away quick and fast. This is why you will always hear me say, God, when I'm praying over offering, Lord, let us be more focused about building your kingdom than our castles. Because this isn't it. This isn't the meaning of life. Right? This isn't the way you and I were called to live life. Well, okay, Justin, I hear you saying this. How much am I supposed to give? Well, I'm glad you asked. This is why, and this isn't a whole message on tithing, right? Some of you are like, I I felt the eyes roll just now, and it's all the people watching online, right? I felt it. (laughs) This is why I like tithing, though. And in Malachi chapter 3, it tells you to test God in tithing. Only place in the Bible it tells you to test him in. Right, test him. What's tithing? It's the first, it's the first fruits, it's your 10% of the first fruits you get, the, the first paycheck that you get. First thing that I do when I, when I get paid, it goes right to tithing, right? Next is going to offering, and then I'll live on the rest. And we'll get to that in a second. And, and, and I love this because it's, I keep the first thing first by giving it away quick and fast. And it doesn't allow greed to have a hold on my life. And I, I know what some of you are saying. Well, Justin, that's an Old Testament law, right? And we're in the New Testament covenant. So we're like... Here's my pushback on you. Let's go back and read the whole Bible, right? Because it was a principle with Abraham and Jacob before Moses was even born. Before Moses was even there to present the Mosaic law, it was already a principle. And if we want to take it to the new covenant part, you know what Jesus says? He says, give it all away. Tithing sounds like a pretty good deal to me. (laughs) Right? let's Let's just call it the way it is. Like, do you know how Jesus recognized that salvation came to Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector? What happened after he got, like, Jesus came to his house and started getting mad? It said that he gave away half of his wealth to those he cheated and to other people. And he said, if I've cheated people more than that, I'll give away even more. And then Jesus says, man, praise God because salvation has come to this man's house. It was based on his giving. Go read the Bible. I'm not making this up. The way you and I function with our money is huge. But but hear me. And I I hear some of you. Well, Justin, I I just know the church has done weird stuff when it comes to money. I just don't trust the church. And to you, I would say this. I don't know why I keep pointing over here. To you, I'd say this. (laughs) To you, I would say this. You're right. The church as a whole has done some dumb things, some questionable, shady things. But here's what I would do. I will fight you day and night because I can guarantee you Foundation Church has not done something shady, has not done something weird, and we have stayed on the up and up when it comes to the finances that come 
into foundation. That's why I tell you, man, you can't invest and you can't plant and you can't sow somewhere better than foundation church. And, and so here's it. Well, I don't trust the church. I get that. I get that. But can I tell you, stop grouping all the churches together. You, the banks have done some weird things. Financial th- partners and investors have done weird things. But your money ain't under your mattress, dear God, I hope, right? Because you haven't grouped them all together. Stop grouping the church together. But can I say this? Tithing's not the whole point. It's just the starting point. Like, most of the time, if your kid, like, cleans up their mess, you're not like, oh, my, wow, you picked up all your toys. Wow. If if that's the case, we'll do a parenting series in a little bit called Parenting the 21st Century. We're actually going to do one. But, um, right, you're not like, oh, you did minimal, minimal, right? Like, if you're coaching, and kid does a minimal, right? You know, like, oh, that's a star player. No, the one that gives you all he's got. That's your star player. And can I tell you, tithing's just the starting point. It's not, it's not the whole point. It's not what we're like, oh, I have arrived, right? It's a starting point. So, so let me say this to you. Learn to live on a planned percentage instead of a lifestyle. Right? Learn to live on a planned percentage. If you're going to defeat greed from being a, having a hold in your life, listen, Learn to live on a plan. Everybody say planned. Planned, because you're not just going to get there, oh, wow, I'm giving 20% away and living on 80%. You'll never do that. But we do the opposite all the time. We let our lifestyle dictate the percentage we can give instead of allowing the percentage we give to dictate our lifestyle. Can I tell you, the opposite way of our percentage dictating our lifestyle is a way better way of living and, and, and just... Spoiler alert, you're going to have to budget for this. That's the irresponsibility of the church. We said, oh, if you give, watch out. Better get extra large pockets. Like, better get a bigger wallet and a purse because God's just going to dump some, go play the lottery, right? Your great, great uncle's going to die and leave you every. I've been at a Bible school where they prayed for a millionaire to die and leave them all the money, right? I'm like, that's not how it works. Come on, man. I'm not praying for people to die. (laughs) It's going to affect your lifestyle. But Proverbs chapter 11 says this, give freely and become more wealthy. What? Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. And those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Here's what I'm going to tell you. This is not a prosperity gospel message, so, so everybody hold on. But what I will tell you is this. I've seen this verse to be true in my life and so many other people because what I have learned is I can't outgive God. And I don't give to get. I give just to give. I give to give so greed doesn't have a hold on me because the more I release to heaven, the less hold this earth has on me, Right? And that is a way better way for us to live. So hear me. It's not that you're going to get rich, but I do know this as a fact. God won't bless what he doesn't possess. And if you will allow him to possess you, he's not going to take your money all of a sudden, like, give me that, kid, right? No. But if you will surrender it to him, now you're in the position of him blessing it. And and can I tell you what I think the big blessing is in it all? Wow, I'm really far behind. Is this is that money doesn't have a hold on you any longer. That's the blessing in it all. Right? It's not that you get rich. 
It's that you are no longer a slave to money. But money has become the tool that you use, just another tool that you get to use to serve the Lord. And if we haven't surrendered at all, then we really haven't surrendered at all, right? It's just the reality. And this is the last part. Here's, here's the true saying. The first thing to leave churches is money, and the last thing to come to churches is money, right? Let's talk about it. You notice there's no give to the church on this Monopoly board. I've never seen one. It's weird. It's weird. It's a better way for you and I to live. I'm going to fast forward here. Ephesians chapter 5 says this. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Those first two are pretty heavy words, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, we're like, oof. Then Paul throws in greed. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these aren't for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. There it is, gratitude to God, right? You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. These aren't my words. When you read the Bible, can I tell you the Bible is offensive to our lifestyle? It becomes offensive to our lifestyle and our habits. And here's what God is saying, man. If you are immoral, impure, or greedy, that person will not inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater. Worshiping the things of the world. It looks like that, right? Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. I'm not greedy, but does your life look like this? Or does it look like this? Well, Justin, that's a, you just don't understand. No, no, no. Don't, don't be fooled. Don't fool yourselves by those who try to excuse their sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in, things, in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness. Once your life looked like this, right? But now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Your life should look different. People that live in the light walk different, act different, give different. They are different, right? Live as people of the light. Let it look different than the way this board looks. Let your fun. Why are you doing that? Why are you living on that percentage? You made plenty. Why are you giving so much away? Because I'm called to live in the light, not like everybody else. For this light within you produces only what is good and right. And true. And here's the deal. For everybody that's getting upset and I'm like, oh, you're just coming across greedy. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to be mean, but this is true. That's what greedy people say. Hear me. I don't want your, we're not passing offering buckets out. You know what I don't want? I, I don't want anything from you. I want everything for you today. And here's what it says. If you're still arguing with me, if you're still, ah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Here's the charge that Paul ends with. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Is this what pleases him? And if you say, well, Justin, I just don't know. Then do this, do this, do this. Don't give another dime and go pray. Go pray and seek God and carefully determine what pleases the Lord. How would he have you live your life when it comes to this area? Because the way he's outlined the way we should live, the warning that he gives us, beware, watch out. Watch against every kind of greed. Life is not measured in the abundance of your possessions. Right? 
that's a much better way for you and I to live so carefully. Determine what pleases the Lord. And then live that way as people of the light. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. And I know this, I know this message has had rabbit trails. We've talked about things we shouldn't talk about. God, forgive me. But, Lord, we get to the heart of the issue. And, Lord, this is something that all of us are going to probably struggle with have struggled with, are struggling with, or will struggle with. And God, I pray that we would just carefully determine what pleases you. Not, not, not what makes me look better. Not what pleases the pastor, my parents, my grandparents, my spouse. But let us live in the area of our finances in a way that pleases you. Let us carefully determine, how's it look? How's it function? Because if we're going to not allow greed a seat at the table of our life, man, we can't make room for it then. we got to take away the chair. we got to replace it with something because otherwise greed will find a way back at it. And Lord, we replace it with generosity because generosity is the exact opposite of greed. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would give it away fast and quick. And we would learn to live on a planned percentage instead of letting our lifestyle determine our percentage. God, that's a foolish way that you've not called us to live. Lord, there's a better way for us to live. So, Lord, I pray today that we would be people of prayer, that we would set financial goals of what it is to give it away, not how much are we going to make, how much are we going to invest. Lord, there's time and there's place, and Lord, there's nothing wrong with that. But, Lord, if there's not how much are we going to give away, there's a problem. Because, Lord, everything I read in the Scriptures, it's not about getting, but it's all about giving. So, Lord, let us be givers, and let us be focused on building your kingdom not our castles. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed, eyes closed today if you're here. Very end of that scripture said, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And I would ask you this morning, is the way you're living your life, is it pleasing the Lord today? Teenager, the way that you're living your life, maybe your parents don't know. Maybe you're running around, you're doing, you, you, you know this, come on. You know the way you're living is not pleasing the Lord. Do something about it. Married couple, young professional, older people. Man, is the way you're living your life pleasing the Lord? Because if not, you've got the power to change it. You've got a moment right now to change it. Some of you, you've never asked Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or some of you, it's time to come back home. It's time to live your life in a way that pleases him. So if that's you, I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. Man, there's just a change that needs to happen. Yeah. 
Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, man, my life's just not pleasing the Lord today, and I know where I'm at isn't where I should be, and there's a change that needs to happen. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service today? You say, that's me, man. There's got to be something that you do. There's got to be an action you take, a choice you make, or everything else stays the same. We can keep playing games, or we can make a change. And today, if that's you, you're sitting here, or you're watching at home online, Man, if there's a change you need to make, raise that hand. Come on. Don't miss this moment. Is there anyone else before we go any further? Yeah. Is there anyone else? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today, and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life I was living. I repent of it. And I turn to you, and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.